So we continue with our Philippian series on joy and peace in all circumstances. And so this morning we're going to be reading from uh, Philippians 3, verses 1 to 21. And as we read from this passage, um, take note of how initially it sounds like what Sylvia was saying with children's messages, but how Paul is boasting and bragging about who he is and about his accomplishments. But as we get further into this passage, none of this matters. What matters is our relationship with Jesus, knowing Jesus Christ who died and rose for Paul, for me, for you. Even in the difficult situations and circumstances that we face each and every day, what really matters is our relationship with Jesus and Jesus' relationship with each of us. So before we read from Philippians 3, let's come to God in prayer together. Lord God, as we read from your word, from Paul's letter to the Philippians, we join together to follow Paul's example and to know Jesus Christ. Fill us with the Holy Spirit of Jesus so that we may see more clearly and live our lives in obedience to you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your church and this opportunity to worship together. It's only in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Philippians 3, verses 1 to 21. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It's no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it's a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by His Spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks that they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider lost for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Jesus Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then, who are mature, should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you, only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, And just just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before, and now tell you again, even with tears, 
Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to our God. While many people at some point in their lives probably have created a resume to represent their background, skills, and experience. And a resume is used, of course, for getting a job. But I would say that a resume is really about acceptance. You put together your educational and vocational accomplishments and your past experiences in such a way that you get accepted by whatever business or organization that you have selected in the hopes that that same organization will select you. Acceptance. Or maybe some of you haven't done a resume or don't have a resume on paper put together, but you still have this mental resume or a list of accomplishments in life. And of course, it's something to be proud of. There's nothing wrong with that. But in this passage, Paul, in a sense, is providing us with a resume of things that he can be proud of. He is stating what he's got going on for him. He's saying, well, you think you got a lot going on for you? Well, let me tell you, he's got more. Circumcised on the eighth day. And you might say, well, you've been baptized. Paul is a people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. And you might say, well, I'm from Ontario or another province and a Canadian among the Canadians. Kind of reminds me of that Canadian rant that's already 20 years old where the guy goes, I am Canadian. Paul is a law-abiding Pharisee. And we might say, well, we're a member of this church or, or another church. And Paul is a defender of his religion, persecuting the church and keeping the law. He said faultless. And we might say, well, we have the Ten Commandments. We have the Heidelberg Catechism. We have the church order. Paul is initially labeling these important items in his life as confidence in the flesh. And he calls that out in verse 3. And in verse 19, he refers to them as earthly things. Confidence in earthly things. Accomplishments, similar to a resume, can earn acceptance. And folks, it's not necessarily bad. But if these accomplishments come first in our lives, and these accomplishments define who we are, and then Jesus Christ comes somewhere down the list, that's not a good thing. And so Paul goes on to say that none of these things are important as his relationship with Jesus Christ. None of these things are as important as his identity in Christ. Having confidence in the flesh or in earthly things results in a darn good resume. But all these things are nothing if you don't have a relationship first with Jesus Christ. Faith in Jesus. And so having a relationship with Jesus has nothing to do with our resume and everything to do with Jesus' resume. It has everything to do with Jesus' accomplishments. 
verse 7 to 8, Paul states, what, Whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. And what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpass worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. Paul is referring to his accomplishments and his, his being accepted by others and accepted by Jesus based on Paul's accomplishments. And he states that this is all garbage. This is all garbage compared to being known and accepted by Jesus Christ based on Jesus' accomplishments. Now you need to understand a little bit about this word that Paul uses and we read in the in a New International Version as garbage. The word garbage is the only time this word is used in the Bible. And the reason for that is because it's actually, it's a bit of a gross word. It's basically a swear word. The word garbage in this uh, sentence is called rubbish in other versions. Um, in the message, it's referred to as dog's dung. And today it would actually be used in the barnyard industry for a bull's excrement. I think you know what I'm saying. Paul is saying that at one time in his life, he thought that handing his credentials to God would get him his salvation and acceptance. But then he's saying that this is equivalent to handing God a pile of manure. Now, please don't hear me wrong. I'm not trying to use a swear word over the pulpit. This is the context. Paul wanting to say to God that this is what I've done, God. This is what I am, God. And realizing it's all garbage because it's all what God has done. Do you get the point? This passage challenges us to not just look at our outward lives, but look to the inward. And you know what? We could have several achievements. We could have several accomplishments. We can have several possessions or bank account of money or investments, or even maybe you can brag about the biggest mortgage. We can brag about the best kids, the best grandkids. We can boast about our schools or about our sports accomplishments, our jobs, our farms, our production in bushels per acre. And as a blessing as many of these things are, if these things are listed before Jesus, then all of this is what Paul calls garbage. If these things define you and Jesus Christ doesn't, garbage. These things are nothing in comparison to knowing Jesus. Matthew 16, verse 26, we read, What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? People of God, being made right before God is not about us having this long list of credentials or accomplishments or deeds. It's about God's deeds. It's not about us keeping the law or even keeping our promises, it's about God keeping His promises. Now, I can't help but bring this phrase up again. You've heard this phrase before. You'll hear it again. God initiates, we respond. God initiates His grace. We respond. We don't first respond and act, and then God extends His grace, because that's not grace. Grace is something that God gives to us when we don't earn it, let alone even deserve it. 
God may look at our accomplishments, but they don't do us any good for our salvation. And the cool thing about it is if God were to connect with our earthly references, and then our references tell the whole story about who we are, our failures and our lack of accomplishments are not looked at by God either. Remember how Silvio was wiping that all away. God's amazing grace. He looks through the accomplishments of Jesus when He looks at you. And that's why Paul says in verse 9 that our righteousness doesn't come from the law. Righteousness is not based on Paul's keeping of the law, but rather, again, on God's amazing grace. It is God keeping His promises. And that this doesn't mean that Paul just rejects the law and the law is no good. No. He just knows that his salvation does not come from his obedience to the law, but on Christ's fulfillment of the law. Paul does not have confidence in the flesh, and the law is part of that flesh. He has confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. Not earthly things. He's got confidence in heavenly things. We are not accepted by our resume. We are accepted because of what God has done for us through His one and only Son on the cross. We are accepted because Christ wants a relationship with us despite our experience or knowledge or accomplishments. He loves us and He wants us to respond by loving Him and loving one another. And then in verse 12, Paul admits that he is on a journey as we all are. And part of that journey is pressing toward the goal. And verse 13, part of that journey is to forget what is behind and pressing on to what is ahead. Paul was, according to this, then able to forget that he was a Christian killer. And any of his references from early on in life could have attested to that. At least those living. But that's in the past. We need our past to learn, to learn for the present and the future. But we don't need our past to dwell on things of the past. Now, I don't think actually forgetting means forgetting. I don't think Paul probably forgot that he was a Christian killer. So we may have trouble forgetting, but God's the one that's forgetting it. Know that God has removed your sins and forgiven you for all your sins through Jesus Christ. So people, what is it today that you need to forget? What is it that you need to leave behind? What do you need to forgive others for or even forgive yourself for? And know that you are forgiven by God in Christ. As we more and more forget what we were, we can focus on what we are. We are children and heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. The goal of the Christian is to grow more and more like Jesus by knowing Jesus more and more. Have faith in Christ alone. We know those words, I am not my own, but I belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. And now we just jump right back to verse 1. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice that Jesus knows you. Rejoice that you know Jesus. Rejoice and make Jesus known to others. Knowing the Lord means acknowledging God's great act of deliverance through Jesus Christ. It means submitting to His Lordship 
And you know what? There's going to be costs involved in following Christ, knowing his resurrection, and as Paul says, knowing his sufferings. But the rewards are great. They're great because of Christ's death and his resurrection. God's power at work in us, transforming us more and more like Jesus Christ. Knowing Jesus and following obedience to Jesus provides a present relationship with Jesus in this life. And it provides us a hope, the hope of an awesome and eternal future with Jesus. As verse 20 to 21 states that we eagerly await the Savior. We have our citizenship in heaven. Jesus will take our lowly bodies and transform them to be a glorious body. I don't know about you, but I, I just find this so hard to even comprehend. Can't even understand what all that means. But you can fill up your resume as much as you want. But people, the outcome is already settled. The prize has already been established for you. You've already been accepted by Jesus. And so the big question now is how are you going to proceed to get toward that finish line? Keep in mind the how does not impact your salvation, but it does impact your journey and the journey of those around you. You have been accepted by Jesus, and this freely given prize has ramifications for how you live your life now. What does your faith in Jesus Christ look like today? This prize, the reward, is eternal salvation, but the goal is to become like Jesus more and more each day. Focus on Jesus. Have faith in Jesus Christ, in Him alone. And don't get distracted by those earthly things. Because those earthly things will tempt us to turn our eyes away from Jesus. Knowing Jesus means being filled with Him. And when we are filled with Jesus, it means our value, our worth. It doesn't come from ourselves or from our possessions. Or even what others think of us. It's what Jesus knows about us. You may be full of confidence or you may lack confidence. And you're struggling with things in your lives. There will be times that you feel on top of the world, but there's going to be other times that you feel like that world is on top of you. And according to Paul, none of this matters. It's all garbage if you don't know Jesus Christ. Often when you put your resume into an organization, and let's be real, it's who you know and who knows you. You have the upper hand if somebody knows you. And it, it's not unfair. It, it's just the way it is. Typically, it comes to things in this life. It's who you know. And that's true for the Christian life, too. It's who you know and who knows you. Again, it's not unfair. It, it's the way it is. So thank God that Jesus knows us. And so get to know him and put your faith and your trust in him. God is far more interested in who you are and who you know. And when you realize who you are, or better yet, whose you are, you will begin to understand the amazing grace that he has extended to you through his son, Jesus Christ. 
So where does all that, where does all this leave us today? Friends, COVID-19 is not over. Oh yes, we're permitted to begin worshiping with more in attendance, but still safely and cautious. And I believe that COVID-19 has created awareness for each of us. We have learned that some things we cannot do without. If you recall earlier on, uh, toilet paper was not one of them that we can do without. Doesn't that seem like a long time ago? I think so. I think COVID-19 has allowed us to refocus our busy lives and halted us to a bit of a stop. No more traveling, no more studies at school, no more professional or organized sports, no more church services in the sanctuary, smaller weddings, smaller funerals, smaller gatherings, no more dining out, no more sleepover for kids, and the list goes on. And you know what? Some of the no mores have not been good. But some have not been bad either. And we have had the opportunity to stop and rethink why do we do some of the things we do? This has been a season in our life to reprioritize our life. Did some of the things that you were doing before COVID-19 define who you were or continue to define who you are? People of God, today enter into a new or a deeper relationship with Jesus. Today, get to know Jesus and the power of His resurrection. Today, know Jesus and have faith in Him and all that His accomplishments have done for you and what that means for you today and for the rest of your life. To our God be the glory, and together we say, Amen.